Hey, this is Ricky from Osaya, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Excellent. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. I'm Bruce. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm Ricky. Sweet. You're over in the UK? Yes, indeed. Where are you, my friend? I'm in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, my God. What time? So here it's four o'clock. Oh. Oh, great. Sweet. Okay. That's not bad. That's not bad. No, no, no. no. And I've been doing these since, I don't know, like 10 o'clock this morning. We do like one day a month. Usually I have a partner with me, but she had a bail today. But we do like one day a month and we do a whole bunch. And then I have content for however long I need it. That's awesome. That's really... Yeah, it's just efficient. easy to schedule yeah. that way, so. No, that's cool. I, that's very smart. Very nice. Yeah. We were doing, <laughs> like, you know, whenever we could, but it was it takes so much time to prep and get everything ready and, you know, get it right. And we just mm. do it once, one day, everybody's ready, everybody's got their mics right, everything is good, and then we just go. Yeah, I believe I was offered two time slots, so I guess that's how you just yeah. fit them in on slots, and then you've got, it. I presume, it's a green screen behind you, so there's... Yep. Minimal production. Minimal awesome. production, yeah. And then we just roll. So, yeah, it's nice. And then I have content for, you know, the next coming week. So, it's nice. Insanely. I love stuff like that. That's great. So, anyway, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. And I'm going to say right off the bat, heaviest stuff we've had on the show today and probably my favorite. I was waiting for this one. Ah, <laughs> nice. Beautiful. Absolutely love it. Um, What has been the response to it so far? I know I've listened to Elder King and uh, Cronus is coming out. Or Cronus has been... Last month, yeah. Last month, yes. Yeah, yeah. What's been the response to it so far? It's been good. Um, There was a slight amount of trepidation about it because we were trying some new things. I mean, I'm just like, it's the art, so what will be will be, and we'll hope that people appreciate it. But between the band, it was kind of like, ah, like, you know, once if there's a bit of a mixed response on things. But everyone's been really... In fact, the most riskiest elements of the EP have been some of the most favored so it's worked really? out great yeah so for us it's give us that um sort of boost of being like hey guys just be creative and then right. yeah. all right together or is it more the effort to one particular member no um so um keeping an andy the guitarists they uh basically just write a song themselves mm-hmm. pretty much um and then you know if there's any elements where you know we're kind of like got a bit of a creative block or something we'll jump in the in the whatsapp groups and stuff and just be like hey anyone got any ideas for this and then we'll back and forth and then get through it and then once we have a full song complete then i can just sit down and smash through the lyrics and stuff like that um previously i used to write a lot more uh the instrumental side of things but um them guys have got it absolutely covered so, <laughs> so i can just the lyrics it, it's great because now i can just proper focus on that craft and uh predominantly i started this musical journey of mine as a guitarist so having uh that responsibility now you know hung up the guitar i can now right. fully learn the craft of being a vocalist and i, I love it it's um it's a very expressive instrument, the, the old death metal vocals. Oh, yeah. I mean, and yeah. there's, there's varying styles, right? I mean, you could get, like, cattle decapitation like Travis mm. or even, like, Lona Shore or something, right? Some of them guys, eh? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Or even, like, Lona Shore, which is heavy as hell, and I don't remember mm. what his name is, but, boy, does he have a heavy Will, as hell. Yeah. 
the best. Probably, yeah. The, probably, yeah, it's the current, the king. At the I moment. mean, that so. record that they put out last year was probably some of the heaviest shit I've ever heard in my life. I still need to check it out fully, but it's it's as it's it's on the list. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm, yeah, I don't really listen to much metal, but when I oh when really? I, yeah, yeah. It's just so. What do you listen is, to in your spare time then? I love uh, lo-fi, um, chill music. I like rap. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, ambient music. Lots of like dreamscape stuffs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Just gentle tones and stuff in the background and stuff like that. And then when I get to do my writing, I just get to unleash the beast free of So if that's everything. the case, then do you feel like it's completely cathartic doing that sort of thing? Like oh, absolutely. Shit out? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, my general persona has always been quite positive and the, the death metal side of things just lets me take all these irks and little things that I may have creeping around in there and then, put them on a track you know what i mean right. and just let it all out usually when i'm in recording process i like to just be left alone for a little bit and then i just dive into like the darkest places of of what's in there and then come out with with a song you know what i mean wow. and so yeah, uh, i mean it's like that it. for you know the listener too i'm not a vocalist or or musician mm. but as a you know as a listener i listen to the heavier stuff and it's you know like mm. that as well it gets you through those those times and you know not only identifying with what you're so going, cathartic that, yeah yes that's the best word for it the 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 vocals as an instrument is so interesting I, I have i rarely have an opportunity to talk about it from this perspective but you know the guys would be on stage if we're, if we're doing like a heavier section of a song and if it's a large stage and it's got all the, the bass spins and stuff like that around mm-hmm. you and the band hits in and you let out a roar and you feel the ground vibrating around right. you, and, and the you venue, feel, yeah, yeah. And there's there's movement in front of you, and people going crazy and stuff like that. And because it's such uh, like using the air of your body to project this this energy, and you feel the blood in your body like reacting to this thing. And you know, as a guitarist, I was really into blues and stuff. But as a guitarist, I was really into blues and stuff, and there was such an expressive element to how you played with the fingers and I think turning into a vocalist allowed me to develop it to the whole body. And I think it's uh, so Do you yeah, have any cathartic. professional training or is it just uh No, I, I mean, no, I did, I studied at college and university and stuff like that. And they run you through choir and stuff. So right. you learn fundamentals and I, I did a but lot. You're of not learning that growl in choir. No, no. I mean, <laughs> that'd be an interesting choir. See, I mean, in in some sense, maybe yes as well. Um, universities and stuff like that really um, give you an opportunity to learn how to learn, I think. And especially with all vocal styles, it can be kind of correlated. Like, you know, there's, there's like the low range of opera singing is quite similar to how you would physically produce like a low guttural. So you can kind of correlate the the, the elements of both, I guess. And... Yeah, but uh, no, no. The the all I had growing up was the end of screaming, and uh, <laughs> which uh, yeah, that's all we had growing up with with learning how to do metal vocals. All right, so tell me the truth though. You're you're a screamer. You're that guy. What does mm. does your family or do your friends even understand what you do, or do they still question your choices? Um, my preferred response to being this is going to sound 
this could sound bad, but I don't quite consider myself as a death metal vocalist, but as like a death metal singer. So I try to keep as much like diction in the lyrics as possible and try to have melodies and hooks mm-hmm. and choruses and stuff like, you know, you would as song structures that you would have in a white snake song and right. stuff like that. But the, there is a lot of people who don't listen to metal and they just hear the energy and they just don't hear the words. Don't get it. It's right? quite, you know, and it's, but it could be the same with people who listen to rap. You know what I mean? When, when sure. rappers go to certain speeds or like opera, they're like, what are they even saying? And it's like, unless you're part of perhaps the culture. Right. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So, but you know, I'm sur- surrounded by a lot of supportive people, I guess. So right. I'm quite lucky in that. So since you're the, you're the vocalist and you're the primary lyric writer anyway, is there something mm. you want your fans to take away from after listening to uh, an Ozaya record or song or even, you know, Elder King, we could be even more specific. Mm. I want to do it. Um, Osaya typically writes from two fundamentals. One is, uh, is um, well, nerdy stuff. So Elder King uh, was based on Tolkien. Um, Golden Throne from the same record as Warhammer and stuff like that. But we mm-hmm. also, there's a, there's a ton of mental health stuff in there. So like, for example, on on Kronos, three songs were about mental health and two of them were just about fun stuff. And I guess that's that's who we are as a band as well. You know, it's like really serious and, you know, we right. really want to be helping people and doing serious stuff, but we also want to be having fun at the same time. Sure. You know, we'll like listen to our riffs and they'll hit into a heavy breakdown and we'll laugh. Right. We'll be like that's that's funny. That's heavy. And I think it's interesting when we talk about mental health on the show a lot. And I've even mm. I've even done a film called Metal Health where we, you know, we spoke with metal nice. musicians and how, you know, they've dealt with it and, and that and that sort of thing. It really takes a deep dive. But so we talk about it a lot on the show, and I think it's really interesting that people from the outside wouldn't get it, but it really mm. is therapeutic and cathartic. Mm. And I think there is something there. Certainly, especially in, in yeah. these times, yeah, right. I mean, the last mm. couple of years are so fucked up that it's it's part of it, and it's mm. helpful. Mm. It's um, it is very interesting because, like I say, I listen to a lot of like lo-fi and a lot of of rap, and you don't really touch on much of this in rap. You know, the stuff no. that I listen to, it doesn't really talk about that much, and you know, you do get the occasional song that comes out and is quite aspiring, and like lo-fi is quite. Uh, like whimsical it's a it's about like like pondering on the good times and mm-hmm. and and you know and then metal the most aggressive style is just this cathartic push yes. of of like like one and you see it at shows like you know people are so supportive of each other in the environment you know especially in mosh pits yes. and stuff like that we all know is is what it's like being there a lot of people can look at it and be like hey that's really aggressive and it's like man Unless you know the culture, like, right? I mean, you reach down, you pick the guy gets fall, or the guy falls, and you reach down, you pick him up, and you go. One hundred percent. No, yeah, there's no one hundred percent, yeah, angst or anything there. It's everybody yeah. for the same reason, and yeah, I think the metal community too is something that's very supportive of that, and sort of tight knit, no matter where you are in the world, right? I mean, everybody yeah. sort of bonds over this riff or this aggressive music, but not necessarily aggressive people. And your case in point, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you see a lot on tours. It's, it's, it's like you kind of you kind of get used to like your your sort of your tribe, you know, your, your right. echo chamber of people 
all thinking and being the same type of people and 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 then when you go out on tours and you go across europe and stuff like that like we were bumming into people who were relating to my lyrics and talking about how they lived through the same things right and like they could they could see the hidden meaning in the lyrics because i'm not very this happened and because of this this happened i kind of like paint around it and be like tell a story that weaves that only someone who could maybe have experienced that themselves could see what i was pointing at and right. people live in like the czech republic and belgium and right, germany it. and they, they all come over and they they've got this and it's like wow it's it's everywhere you know it's like yep. it's yeah it's you ever feel you've put too much of yourself into a song yes all the time <laughs> the seeds <laughs> have you ever despair. had a, let's rephrase that then have you ever had a pull back and say no i can't do that or do you just go for it and feel vulnerable and that just adds to it seas of despair was uh we on the last EP on Cronus, we, um, it's about my grandmother who passed. And during the writing process of that, I went as deep as possible into the, the guilt and the, the regret and all the things you go through when you're mourning. And I penned it, the darkest and deepest thoughts of that stuff. And then the, the label like, this is going to be the single push. This is going to be the right. video. And I was like, Oh my God, like the lyrics are all on the YouTube and it's, right. and all the reviews were like mournful song talking of loss and stuff, I guess. And uh, before going out, uh, I did have a moment where I was like, man, like, what did I do? Uh, yeah. And, but I've been quite, lucky to have had experiences where i've been in different countries and people have been like hey man this song has really helped we've had messages from on our and page that's gotta be like, the ultimate payoff too right it's the reason of doing it uh, at the end of the day it's not for me it's 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 for the listener and right. that's so something that you penned in your you know in your living room in your underwear or whatever is yeah. connecting with somebody in india in their living mm-hmm. room and it's i guess that's amazing and it's for them i think and if i it's you know you got to kind of detract from that if you want to be an artist you know if you're trying to growing up in the music scene i was always into the the white chapels and the suicide silences and all these bands and they their music helped me through a lot of dark times and i guess as i was developing as a musician myself i was like i wish i could do that too so when i do write something that's really gets to me as a point of being like oh man like this is too too intrinsic this is and then i've got to remind myself of why i'm on this journey to begin with and it's just to try and help people how i've been helped by music yeah and you mentioned the uh, suicide silence i mean i don't think there was anybody who did this sort of genre better than mitch the 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 king the original yeah. king the original then, king yeah, right yeah yeah and then i mean even when there was the likes of bozeman who i gravitated more towards with his vocal style just as a character as a yes. person, Mitch, I think was like, you know, he was the, he was the king. I was lucky That's enough it. to do an interview with him back on, I don't know, they played, it was called Mayhem here in the, in the States. I'm so, aware. Yeah. 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 So I was lucky enough to, I don't know what it was, 2015, 14, whatever it was, I was lucky enough to do an interview with Man. him. And he was like the shyest guy the most quiet, humble dude playing with his little dog and kind of even wouldn't look up at the camera, just super soft-spoken. Wow. And, you know, just 15 minutes later, he's like ripping the face off of everybody. Letting out the other side of it. Yeah. You know, I feel it, yeah. I'll walk around in my nice hoodies and I'll 
we'll do shows where I'm screaming and growling stuff. And then after the show, I'm like, hey, guys, I'm going to get some air and I'll go look for the moon and I'll go chill out for a bit. You know what I mean? And right. I think all the majority of the people are like that. That I've, that I've met, I've got a bit of it. That is really interesting when you, when you, you know, take a step back and look at it. Yeah, yeah. A lot but of people it's, like it's really to... one extreme to the other. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people... I, I don't know. I think, you know, I'm I'm not much into the drinking and stuff like that. So, you know, when I'm tuned with other bands and I see them drinking, I kind of think, oh, maybe this is their way of letting loose and stuff like that. And my way of letting loose is just being at peace and going to chill somewhere and yeah. sit with the ducks in Amsterdam. Like, you no, know, I, and, I get and, that. I, I like to get out in the woods with the dog. That's where we go. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And get then, lost and then in the I'm woods on, somewhere for the day. It's, it's yeah get lost and found again buddy it's the best yep. and you yep and then you'll find someone like that on the road as well and you're like you know it's just like wow there's this is you only find this in this genre i mean speaking from experience i'm probably i could be wrong you know i but, think you're right yeah. though. i think you're 100 right yeah and you know it's, we talk to a lot of people and everybody's got that same sort of thing in common especially in these more extreme metal genres that yeah yeah real uh i don't know what the word is up front and in your face on the stage but off stage you know they're the first person yeah. hanging out in the woods somewhere without a cell phone and just a dog or whatever yeah man it's it's there's the common meme that they have of like the the angry dog when he's like death metal was on stage and then it's like cute puppy when he's off stage right. and it's like hell yeah man or the black metal dudes that are lost in the uh in the woods somewhere <laughs> best of all <laughs> Yeah. So what, uh, what do you guys have planned? Are you taking this on the road? Uh, we originally, well, we had a, an American tour booked for uh, what it was meant to be this month, I believe, but it fell through. So I guess that needs to be rescheduled at some point, uh, taking the time to write again. You know what I mean? And it's like, if we're not touring, we're writing. So mm -hmm. we're just, we just keeping ourselves busy all the time, man. Just churning out some new material. I think Kronos, like I was saying, having the the opportunity to experiment a little bit and then the nice response allowed us to just be like hey man let's just keep the ball rolling let's try some new things let's let's be creative are you one of those bands that's always writing always always doing something man always doing something you know like all day like the we're in different whatsapp groups for different purposes and they just right. they're just going all day you know it's what we chose to do with this life you know what i mean that's so we, we might as well We'll work jobs and then we'll do this on, on the side until this becomes a full-time job. So. And even if it doesn't, you're still expressing yourself and doing your thing. Hell, it's been a great journey so far, man. Right. I've had a great time. So whatever happens, man. Yeah, that's what I say too. I mean, I do this. This isn't my full-time job either. And, you know, I do it mm. just because for the love of music and meeting people and chatting about common things and yeah, it goes where it goes. But yeah, I 100% feel you. It's, you know, it's part of you. I think once the music gets a hold of you, you can't do anything else but it, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you I have think a... just go ahead? Go ahead. No, I think it's it's it's. I'm trying not to be weird with the way I, I say this, but kind of with the music, um, it's kind of like a soulful journey for me now. I think throughout life, this will always be the purpose, and I guess you know, I wouldn't want anything else from this life obviously do this right but i think if i had another hobby i would probably dedicate to that just as intently gotcha yeah it is a lifestyle i 100 percent agree mm. but i also think you know 
from the outside, people don't really understand. I think, yeah, I think the problem mostly is, I don't want to be that guy about, but the mainstream media doesn't really pay much attention to the alternative community because it's a small community. You know what I mean? It is a small niche. You know, like we talk about, I mean, Lorna Shaw in particular just broke like 1 million monthly listeners on Spotify or something. And that is absolutely ridiculous. That is, and then you put it next to like the likes of Little Mix and Brianna and all those likes, and it's nothing, nothing. right? Yeah, it's it's like, and that (laughs) this is Lorna Shaw. That's the biggest, you know what I mean? So it's you can't, you've got to be fair to it, you know what I mean? And I think with us as musicians as well, we've got to be fair too to what we can expect from this lifestyle, you know. And I know what I was in the middle of saying before we got disconnected. Everybody's got like a a gateway song or band that got them Mm. this sort of lifestyle or this. Like for me, it was Ozzy Osbourne's Diary of a Madman. I was in junior high school, walked into a store, didn't know anything about anything and saw this record on the wall. I was like, all right, cool. It looks great. And, you Mm. know, the first five seconds of Over the Mountain just totally hooked me. And here I am, whatever it is, 40 something years later, you know, still looking for more heavy music or aggressive music. It's in my What was yours? I mean, first off, that shows the power of the product, of the album cover, of the, the everything in tall. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't get. I, mean, I literally that. knew nothing about Ozzy Osbourne or any of. Hell it. yeah! I just saw the record cover and went, "Holy shit! I gotta have that." That's the one. I it mean, been I the worst. Too. Yeah, I, it, yeah, it could be, but it was enticing. It looked good. You know, it's yeah, it's a total, total product. It was right. great. I had two. Um, my first jump because my parents were into like white snake and mm-hmm. uh like the hard rock stuff you know right. so i had a little right. I, I had a little bit of it and i still listen to that stuff now um but i loved wrestling growing up and uh i was watching wcw and bill goldberg was coming to the stage and megadeth were on stage playing crush him so uh i went to the record store and got that album right. it was all right and it, but it had a it was called the album was called risk and mm-hmm. it, uh, it had a it had a bonus disc in it called the No Risk Disc, and on that was a uh, like Holy Wars, Hangar Eighteen, uh, oh, P-Cell, Symphony of Destruction. Yeah. <laughs> so right. I, put, I was like, oh, this album's all right. Then I put that on, and I was like, oh my god, right? Like, that's actually better than the whole record. Yeah, I was like, what is this? <laughs> so like, my old mom was like, hey, because I used to play guitar, I used to play fingerstyle classical and blues mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And my old mom was like, hey man, if you want to play that shit, you need to learn how to use a plaque. Here's a plaque. And I was like, all right, here it goes. And then I started into the thrash and the metal, and that right. was that was and me. The whole rabbit hole from there, right? Yeah. And then my next jump was uh Olshall Parish's uh deconstruction was oh, on right. MTV two Headbangers Ball. And that was my first introduction to Deathcore. And I saw that and I was like, What is this? And then that was right. that was it. Oh, so yeah, was... I mean, I didn't even get into the the core stuff or that heavy, mm. heavy stuff until mm. I don't know ten years ago. I think it was my yeah. Suicide Silence. I saw them on a Warp tour, like just mm. happened to come across them and was like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's um ticked all the boxes, especially the the next um special parish. Yeah, the energy of it. I mean, that's what got me. I saw the the, the music video for that like they go into this breakdown and it's got like the the is like everything's yeah. ringing out and you see the room opening and then the pit happens and i'm like what is that? i want to be there right i want to be there 
and then like you you feel it for yourself the first and time. Also, Parrish like, is Eddie, right? Was that his name? Yes. yes. Yeah, he yes. was really. Good. I saw him too a few times. Really good. Yeah, I mean, on this record, this 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 hit, Malice Revenge, which was the this was before Eddie. They had a different vocalist. Oh, okay. He was a lot more. He was a lot more guttural. He was all the mm-hmm. rather than all the super highs that like Eddie could do. So. Um, yeah, I'd never heard anything like it. And then once I got into that, I was like, oh, let's check these out. Went on MySpace, Suicide Silences, Destruction White of a Statue. Right. Yeah, with the video. And I was like, that's it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in. That's crazy. Yeah. So, and it's funny how it just gets you. And you look for more and more aggressive stuff as you go along. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I would listen to like Mortician and Cannibal Corpse and stuff like that. But they didn't have the like... The, uh, it's those breakdowns, man, that got it us. It is the breakdowns, yeah. It was just, it, the, that was it, you know what I mean? I, I, so so let yeah. me ask you one more question before I let you go. But when you guys no are worries. writing, are you writing like how the song is going to come across on stage? Because we're talking about breakdowns, right? So are you writing, mm. like, hey, this is a good spot for a breakdown and the crowd's going to go fucking wild? Or are you just writing a song and then adapting it? I used to. A lot of a lot of Terra Firma, which uh, were our first record, um, I used to write with the envisioning of like, how would a crowd interpret this song live? And I would imagine myself as a listener listening to this song being like, I want to throw down here. I want a two-step here. Right. I want to pit here. Like, I need to take a breath. Right. Whoa, now I can yeah, pit again. Whatever, and right. then like, yeah, yeah. And then I would write doing that. But I think the lads, uh, like Andy and Keeper, they just, I can't really explain much on their writing style, but the spaciousness of Osiris, it's turned out to be, it's its never deviated far from the path that it was before. So it still serves the audience. And more importantly to us as musicians, serves us on a technical basis that we right. are trying to push ourselves as musicians at the same time and try and make it a little bit more difficult each time, you know. And then, so regardless of like how the instrumentals put to me, I as a vocalist can then be like, okay, I can do my bit to try and serve right. the interpreter of being like, maybe the listener would like to hear this now. Maybe you'd want a, a call out here. So you know. I know I said that was the last question, but now I've got more. Are you guys thinking about not writing the same record? Does that make sense? Do you, I know you have to stay in your like wheelhouse, mm, your, alien, yeah. your fans, but you don't want to write necessarily the same record. Right. Never, never. I mean, every album's very different so far. Intentionally, um, or has it just happened that way? Both. Okay. Um, it's it's a hor- that's a terrible response. I'm sorry. No, no, but no, it's no. Kind, but it's, it's kind of yeah. It's a kind of bit of both. I think with Terra Firma, like there's a lot of down tempo elements and stuff like that because I was listening to a lot of that back then and I was inspired by a lot of them and I was like, this is this is the definition of heavy. And then I think on kingdom of lies, we try to clean everything up and make it a little bit more commercial. And then when loss happened, it was during the pandemic. So it was a cross of the two albums, but with more despair and aggression and stuff like that. And during that process, we kind of found Osiris sound. And I think through the records, we've been chasing who Osiris is like not as who we are, but as the product that we are creating is. Um, we're close. I don't know if it's this one, but it's we're close. 
it's close. It's so very when, close. Man. When you said that last or that record was full of despair, was that basically due to the what we were all living through? Oh God, yes, yes, it got me through it. <laughs> <laughs> that and alcohol got me through that one, man. Like I'm not a drinker, but alcohol and and loss, the yeah. that album, yeah. It's we. I just poured it all out on that. It's horrible being home alone with just the the mind. You know, as I, made, I I healed on a lot of stuff at the same time. I'm very happy to say. You know, I went through a lot of trauma in my life, right. pended out, and had time to reflect on it. You know, I remember after we released the record, I, I read through the lyrics again, and I shed a tear, being like, "Holy shit! Like this is what I used to think." Right, like, and you're a lucky one that you got out of it, right? Because there's a yeah, lot of man, that didn't. And I hope, um, and this is what I say about people who interpret it as well. Sometimes people can hear it and be like, "Ah, never thought about that." And um, it's also nice to know that someone else kind of thinks that. Right. So, that yeah. music definitely got us all through those dark times, I think. And and I also think, and we talk about this a lot on the show, that you're going to see a lot of. I think there's going to be like a renaissance in the arts in general, not just in music, because mm. everybody was locked up and alone and funneling all their energy into like staying creative or working on their thing, mm. and polishing their thing, right? And now it's released to the world in the last year. And I'm seeing some of the best records I've ever seen from some people. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Don't not even just in record. music, like in art and everywhere. It's like this crazy explosion. The social media is doing a huge push on it at the moment. Um, I don't know if you've seen quite a lot of this, but the merch cuts issue of uh, bands and venues getting taxed to hell with merch oh, cuts and I stuff like that. I did see that. Yes, and people yeah, are stopping it, to sell merch. Right? Yep, saying, hey, you go to my link and I'll sell it to you there. Yep, and social media is pushing this. They're trying to fight for it. They're trying to get the artist more money. You know, it's like it's, there's stuff moving. It's moving for the better and, you know. We're all in this weird cost of living crisis thing now, but I, I think yeah. Yeah, like, well, we might work together and get get through I, this for the art. I hope so, because I just saw that, or maybe just recently, Anthrax had to cancel their whole European tour because of diesel prices. Oh my God, I did not know that. Yeah, they canceled everything, and that was their reason. <laughs> maybe there's other reasons, but I mean, if a band like Anthrax is worried about diesel I can prices, believe it. How does can the believe- average no, guy get it? I can believe it. Like, it's the tour bus prices and all that stuff and merch cuts and stuff like that. You had the diesel on top and yep, man. And, and, and the merch up. cuts and all that other stuff. Yeah. I mean, you just keep digging right into the artist's pocket, right? And frocks are big, man. That's, that's ruined, but yeah, we all just got to do it in little vans. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all I've got. I ran up against my questions. Is there anything <laughs> you want to cover? I'm all good, man. I'm just happy we got through this with all the technical I am so sorry about all Dude, that stupid shit. <laughs> no, I'm totally fine with it, man. You can edit and do whatever you want. With yeah, it. it'll, it'll all be nice edited and, and it'll look flawless, but you'll be sitting there going, man, what a jackass. It was all a mess. But... Not at all. If you ever want to do this again, my friend, I'd be more than happy to. Maybe awesome. after the after the next record is out or whatever, I'd be more than happy to do this again. Sweet. Yeah. So, we'll keep... yeah. Any plans to come to the States at all? Is that way too costly? We are. We want to with every ounce of our being. Right. <laughs> so it's like we just need to make it happen. So right, cool. And fans, if they want to find you, Ozaya. Yeah, it's just give Ozaya, us a search. I believe so. Yeah, I'm. I'm unfortunately not the guy that knows the most of this. That's fine. But you can find us by just O S I A H Ozaya. It's easy. All right. Yeah. 
Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Again, thanks for hanging with me through all the bullshit. My pleasure, my dude. Have a wonderful rest of the day. You do the same. Be well. Good luck with the record. Goodbye. Goodbye, my friend. Thank you. Yep. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.